Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by a very healthy Rob Cassidy. Rob, you just passed your health check. How do you feel? I'm, I'm super excited, man. My computer is good to go. I'm, I'm an IT specialist now. So if any uh, listeners out there have any IT problems and they'd like to email them in, uh, just get at me on Twitter and I will, I'll fix your computer issues. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. Can you get email on your phone, Rob, or no? Have you figured out the IT on that one? Yeah, that, that's been that's been hacked as well. I did that as well this morning while I was fixing my other computer issues, so I'm all set. Okay, and uh, back in action after his mysterious absence last week, Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going? Uh, doing very well. Contrary to popular belief, I was not taking a class that involved me swallowing anything. That's too bad. Well, Rob could teach a master class in that, so uh, <laughs> you don't need to go to a special teacher. <laughs> what can't Rob do at this point, you know? He could do it all. What won't nope. he do? Nobody point? was doing IT before Rob started doing it. That's uh, true. They say I'm the best, that a lot of people are saying that I'm the best uh, <laughs> IT specialist in the country. All right, very stable IT IT fixer. <laughs> we want to remind everybody, uh, please uh, support the show. Follow us on Twitter at Rivals Podcast. Tweet at us at our individual handles. I'm at Rivals Woody at Cassidy underscore Rob at Rivals Crew City. And please leave us a review on iTunes, and more importantly, uh, tell a friend as we continue to try to grow the show. Numbers have been terrific, big numbers, huge numbers uh, <laughs> over the past uh, few weeks, which is after signing day, which is very surprising. So uh, we're a little bit inconsistent with when we bring you new shows right now. That's just because uh, we're all on the road every single week. But we got a show this week and hopefully a very special guest next week uh, if everything goes according to plan, if I don't get blown off like I did uh, at the Orlando stop <laughs> where we planned on having a very special guest who uh, ghosted me. So, wow. yeah, take that. You know who you are, coach who doesn't listen to this show. Uh, well, guess what? Guess who got the last laugh? Because guess who did uh, radio in Orlando today and got asked a lot of questions. I said, well, you know, he needs to work on his communication skills. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, not a lot going on this week. We're going to jump right into uh, the topics. Uh, boy, the, the number one story, which I wished uh, we would have had time for Nick to finish watching The Bachelor. So we'll, we'll get to that. That'll be our number two story. Last night, Jalen Ramsey, uh, one-time friend of the show, uh, former five-star, uh, decided to call out our boy, Coach Brewster. How could it happen again? C- coach Brew is having a rough go of it here at Texas A&M, assistant coach. We talked about him a lot last week. He tweeted a graphic last night. Uh, I'm trying to find it and you hear about I've got it. It's down on the tweet of the week, week link. I didn't know you were going to put it. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. We got, I got way better. T- I Wait till you see. I've got a way better tweet of the week. You guys are going to have Your tweet of the week the past couple of weeks have kind of been – you, you need a sharp recovery on the tweet of the week category this week, so it better be good. Okay, so, so our boy Brewster tweets out this graphic. Uh, Fisher's defensive backs, DB alert, nothing but, but real facts uses four flame emojis and two exclamation points emojis, gets some truth with two more emojis. Now he has, uh, looks like eight defensive backs here and how much money they are average earning they have among defensive backs, including one that I believe didn't even play for Jimbo Fisher, which I think caught some uh, some some ire. But uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, he's out he's outspoken. He retweets this and says, he didn't teach me not one DB technique. Hashtag come get some real truth. Hashtag go Knowles. Um, 
And this led to, obviously, this has been aggregated into several posts. People are talking about it. He did reply later saying, you know, you know, I respect you, Coach Brew, but don't be taking credit for my success or whatever. Um, well, no, he said, he said, don't, don't put me on a poster for a school I didn't go to. Oh, that's what he said. Okay. Yeah. So, so what do we think? Nick, you've been gone. So let's, let's hear you. This is, this is your territory. Texas saying that we talked about Brewster and his uh, problems he was having last week, getting called out on Twitter. So, so what's your take? Well, also my territory because my, you know, my boy Jalen plays for my favorite Uh, Jacksonville. (laughs) But, uh, but hey, listen, you know, I my, initially I was kind of like, you know, I wonder how I wonder how much uh, I wonder how much involvement Coach Brew actually had in in uh, I'll, I'll just call him Coach Brew now because that's <laughs> that's what's happening. So, um, you know, he had in actually making that graphic, but I, I guess he probably must have got somebody on the on the social media side or something to put that together. And this is, I mean, you know. Uh, aside from like you know whether or not it was appropriate for him to do that or put the money that they've all earned on there as motivation to come for a school which like anytime you you involve money in a college program uh even in this context it's always like a little bit of a touchy sort of uh decision to make um you know for for obvious reasons but you know this is i i think i think philosophically i think this is just a byproduct of the fact that everybody you know across the board at every school now there's just such an emphasis put on trying to create flashy social media posts that attract kids attention uh because everything you know everything is just done that way now and uh you know you're gonna have some hits and some misses with with some of that stuff but you've gotta you've gotta stay present you've gotta stay visible and and this is just the way to do it now. And you know, I think in some respect, you know, this is probably going to end up being a uh, no. There's no such thing as bad publicity or or something like that because uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to draw whether or not Jalen Ramsey is uh, happy with you know with their decision to put that on there. You know, kids kids at the end of the day are going to see the big bold eight million dollar number or whatever that that the figure was on there, and you know, and that's and then it's going to serve its purpose and you know, mission accomplished, right? Well, yeah, and I think it's not you know, it's not Jimbo Fisher's job to teach him DB techniques. It was his job to recruit him, and he did recruit him, and they won a national championship, and he was a first round pick. So. <laughs> Uh, Rob, go ahead. If you feel like you're making some noise over there, what do you think? I should unmute my microphone, which now has a sticky button on it. <laughs> well, anyway, so the the point is, he recruited him. I I don't know. I think it is a bad look, unfortunately, for Brewster. I think I think this is some bad publicity. I think you know some of these graphics and stuff. It, it, you know, I don't know if, if you you really got to start spinning it forward, as uh, friend Bob Lee would say, because what's the point of trying to live off of Florida State? Like you're you're all those are Florida State guys. You got to just and we see this all the time with coaches who go to new schools and then they just start claiming Texas A and M people. That's what they should do. You know, Texas A and M has produced this many players. I mean, I'm sure you could. I mean, they just had the number one pick. So no, but I'm that's sure. but that's not the case anymore, right? I mean, with, with as much as coaches move around, it's it's like it's like in the NBA, right? Uh, you know, with with uh, the that ongoing debate where whether or not like it's it's uh, where you have the old players saying like, oh, you just, you know, you stick with the team. It's about the it's about the team, and you know, and all that, and that's the brand, not the player itself. Meanwhile, you know, Kevin Durant joins 
the Warriors and all that to to go and win his championship because the the new brand is not the school. It's the it's the it's the personality right in place there with the with the coaches and that's that's what the at the end of the day I mean isn't that what's you, you know there, there's the the percentage of kids that commit to a school for going to the school versus you know the relationships they build with the coaches is heavily in favor of the relationships they build with the coaches that's where the brand lies right yeah I suppose but then take so then take the Texas A&M DB coach whoever he is I'm sure he's got guys in the NFL don't you think um yeah well so far i think i think coach brewster needs a twitter timeout personally i think uh you know it's time to back off a little bit as he's had a he's had a little I hate bit the of the way that field. he talks on there like i've met tim brewster i know he doesn't say come for some truth <laughs> what i don't know it's just when you meet these guys and then you see the way that they tweet it's like they're playing a character and for whatever reason that bothers me yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, he de- he definitely doesn't talk like that. He's always got a got a big old chaw in, uh, so you can't really understand what he's saying. But uh, moving on, we had some. Uh, this one falls right into our wheelhouse. Last night on The Bachelor, uh, the most dramatic Bachelor moment ever, right, Nick? Is what I was told. Uh, I guess I haven't I haven't made it that far in the episode yet, so I can't verify how dramatic it's been. <laughs> Have so you, did you watch evidently, it? Uh, I was in and out. Uh, it was on, and I was I was kind of in and out. I didn't really wasn't really paying attention until after I had seen uh, what happened as a a Stanford football assistant, uh, I think a strength and conditioning coach, uh, crashed the show right to uh, to to profess his love to uh, Becca, one of the final three women on the show. They had been in a seven year relationship. Uh, what do we? <laughs> What a, what a crazy scene. Do we think that's – his name is Ross Jurgle. Um, he's the sports performance coach. So I think that's in the strength and conditioning office. He came back to win Becca over and, you know – uh, Are you going to spoil it for me? Well, like, why would you – we've got to talk about it. I mean, what do you – do? You, well, actually, we don't got to talk about it. What do you think happens? Do you think he wins Becca over or you think no? Didn't you just say he went on to win Becca over? Uh no, he went on. He the went show, on the show in to an effort to win Becca over. You know, listen. It's been a, there's been a lot of criticism about uh, about Becca in terms of you know how how spectacular of a personality she is of uh, the remaining the remaining women on the show. So, um, but that's kind well, of been part I, for the course with all the girls involved. So, yeah, it's a, it's 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 been a blase crew. But uh, needless to say, Ross. Uh, <laughs> I think it's crazy. Always a, a football aspect. There's been a lot of talk on social media that you know. Well, forget Ari. We should get Ross to be the best. Yeah, no kidding. Well, well, and first of all, too. I mean, so, something like that doesn't happen on the show without some kind of producer involvement making that happen, right? I mean, in fact, in fact, what we just mentioned about everybody being so blasé on the show, they probably felt that they needed to interject that level of drama to kind of kind of spice things up. But you know, this this week was the uh, the fantasy suite. Uh, week so you know Ross, <laughs> if ever there was a time for ross to come in and you know and try and and stop something from happening i suppose now's the time isn't it yeah he came all the way to peru right they were they were in peru and oh he man flew down there yeah ross, please yeah and, and and you know the very least ross uh ross may have got some kind of vacation out of it right because uh <laughs> pretty perude to interrupt the fantasy suite oh my god what about what about guy code here 
<laughs> well, if they were in a uh, seven-year relationship, I mean that. I guess that trumps a a, a four a four-week one or something like that. Let me tell you something. It would do wonders for Stanford recruiting if this coach ends up being the next bachelor. So, uh, so uh, you know, if, it really plays against the whole him. football coaches don't have time for anything else. I don't listen to music. I don't watch TV. Kind of things to be on a TV show. Well, but. I'm thinking that's what I'm thinking. How did he break off the seven year relationship? Probably because he was working <laughs> yeah, too much. Absolutely, right? Or at least that was the excuse. Every story I've read about it has a has a joke in it about Bryce Love returning to Stanford for his senior year and being the real prize for Ross. Um so come on guys, we can do better than that. Um well, so anyway. I was team I've, they, I've been team Kendall of the final group anyway, so which one is she? She's the one that does the taxidermy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was in on her until I saw how, how much she was into that. I mean, come on, Kendall. Uh, when they when they had the rats out on the table and they were really they were really tearing, you know, it's basically a rat skin and they were stuffing it. That that kind of that kind of color. Where is this woman from? She's from she's from LA, right? Wow. Cuz she's she's in she's in the TV business herself. But but the uh the the problem is is like you know uh, Becca who who Ross showed up for is just you know is just a normal you know just a normal girl the the other girl who who uh, Ari is clearly in on you know Lauren for you know superficial reasons I mean they keep they keep playing up this thing she's just such a boring she's just such a boring person and has nothing to say but so they keep showing these clips of her not saying anything and then they're like oh I'm just in my own head you know I've just had a lot of a lot of you know a lot of things in past relationships that are holding me back and it's like no you're just you're just really not there's just you're just not really bringing anything to the table outside of outside of your good looks you know so and that doesn't mesh well with Ari who's not such a dynamic personality himself so which which Lauren is it Lauren G or Lauren B B B oh, boy yeah, you're right I, I I go with Kendall I guess because I don't I don't ever remember even seeing Lauren B on the show so well and Kendall ousted much. Crystal which was the big win of the season that was the that was the big I'm sure our, our listeners are uh, <laughs> yeah. the microphone listeners but guess what as a football coach on there we want him to be the bachelor so we can potentially talk about it on a spinoff podcast uh, which we would do every week for sure with me and Nick. And you know, we should get speak, we should just have Ross on our podcast. What are we doing? Get, get, call. Get, we got to get Ross on the phone. You know what? I, it's a good idea. We're going to be in San Francisco here soon. Let's see what we can do. We'll pull some strings. Something tells me Ross probably isn't doing much media um, after David Shaw sees that. <laughs> <laughs> says what are you doing uh, your boy David Shaw was back at it again this week too and like he saw on his I'll never talk to a seven on seven coach it looks like a lot of people are quoting this tweet but I think uh he doesn't base he doesn't use it to evaluate guys which that um, sounds like the last that sounds an awful lot like the last thing that he said when the last time we talked yeah, about this might, was did he really say it been, yeah no it might have been a uh you know some some you know rah-rah high school coach out for twitter love has recirculated it yeah he said it in 2016 yeah. recently um, yeah well, but that's you know, the last time that we yeah, talked no, about right. it i feel like that's, yeah right 
My two years ago, Mike Bellotti told ESPN.com that combine seven on seven camps are all part of the total recruiting equation. Seven on sevens typically you see the person against better competition. It's only part of the equation so of the let's evaluation. Ask this, is- this is an old topic. Let's not rehash it. Instead, why do you think there is this like college coaches are embarrassed to admit that they know what seven on seven is or that they deal with seven on seven coaches? What's the underlying like reason for why they think they have to behave like this? Well, the, well the, because of the high school coaches. Well, that that, and I suppose there's probably an implication that you know seven on seven coaches are an advanced level of handler or something like that, right? For the, uh, you know, for the kids. But but coach, Her- you know, Tom Herman here in uh, in Texas has been you know almost outspoken about you know his uh, his positive relationship towards uh, seven on seven coaches as long as they're above board with how they how they handle their business that's amazing he actually he had us a good recruiting class funny how that works well listen it's a it's a it's a wash topic in my opinion i think they're all lying i mean the the best thing that that college coaches can do and we've seen this from the basketball scandal which i kind of wanted to talk about a little bit um you need plausible deniability and the best college football coaches have that so maybe David Shaw, you know, Stanford's a different animal, but a lot of coaches, you know, yeah, sure. Maybe, you know, Mark Richt doesn't talk to a seven on seven coach in Miami, but I can guarantee you every one of his assistants does, you know, and the, the, their job is to swoop in and be the closer and make sure they get things done, but they don't want to know what their assistants are doing, what their support staff is doing, you know, because that they, they need plausible deniability. And that's why you have the Arizona coach, you know, allegedly, talking on the phone about a hundred thousand dollars. I personally don't think that would ever happen with a football coach. I, cause I, number one, there's not that type of money being thrown around. And number two, I don't think they're the ones having those conversations. I think it's people on their staff and things like that. So, um, what do you guys think? I mean, have you guys, how closely have you been following the basketball situation and do, do you think it could spill? Yeah, I think it, you know, the money isn't as large, obviously, as you noted, but it's, if you don't think the same thing is going on in football, uh, you're crazy. I, I don't know. Like you said, maybe college football head coaches are smarter. I can't see a head coach having a conversation about money on the phone, but you know, I think we all, unless we're burying our head in the sand, anybody that covers the sport knows that a certain amount of this goes on, uh, in a lot of places. And I, now, will the FBI get involved? I don't know. I don't know if the, the stakes are high enough. Um, I don't know if the shoe company involvement is large enough. Uh, but, you know, some level of it does happen. Yeah, I, I, of course it happens. Nobody, everyone knows that. There's been plenty of articles written about it. Now, do we, you know, we're not, you know, the investigative team here, so we don't necessarily know everything that's that's going on and whatnot. But uh Hey, I, I just think – I personally think uh, the, the it could spill into football slightly, but the worst it would be would be like what happened at Ole Miss where you had – you know, the head coach did go down. Uh, but still, even there, that was it was more for personal stuff than it was for, you know, money and everything like that. Well, what was the – what? maybe you can refresh my memory. What was the fallout from everything that was uh, uncovered from uh... – that the offensive tackle that went to Miami uh, on draft. Oh, Laramie yeah, Tunsil. <laughs> just a gas mask bong, man. From all I know. Yeah, it was just like you know, it was like fifteen hundred bucks a month or something like that. Right. It was like rent. It wasn't. You know, we're the, the reason why these basketball players are worth so much more money is because one basketball player can change an entire season uh, and help you put you in the Final Four. 
and also, you know, they're much more valuable commodities to these third party, maybe the shoe companies and whatnot, because they're going to be signing NBA contracts. Sometimes, you know, they're going to be signing shoe contracts, sometimes less than a year after they even sign their letter of intent. So that's never going to be a situation where uh, it happens in football. It's just I not really want a full documentary on the gas mask bong portion of the, the, the tonsil situation. I mean, we're never going to see anything like that again. It was a surreal moment. I, it was the most excited I've ever been about the draft. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I, I, it was really cool. I'm not even a, you know, I've never been one to partake in marijuana cigarettes and things of that nature being from Oregon, but uh, even, even I was impressed with the, uh, the sheer timing of it too, man. The candidness, it was like, oh, this guy's going to get picked. Here's a picture of him smoking a gas mask bong on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... It was great. Uh, so so anyway, we're following the basketball thing. Our, our basketball side has been doing a great job covering that Eric Bossy, uh, who maybe we'll have on the show at some point. I wish, boy, I wish Bossy could tell us some of the stories he tells us off here on the air um, <laughs> because it's a wild world out there in basketball recruiting for sure. Uh, real quick before we move on uh, to some other things as we're doing, trying to do a, a relatively quick show this week. Rob, you, uh, of course, we were in Alabama this weekend. We did a couple different stories. I have one coming out on uh, players talking about LSU and Ed Orgeron's first year. I think uh, uh, you did a story all by yourself about the Iron Bowl, <laughs> as it turns out. And uh, you also did one about who is going to be the next uh, Nick Saban. So kind of explain to us what that is and, and what you heard, because I haven't even seen what a lot of the players had to say yet. Well, you saw the best one. That's all that matters. Um, it's interesting because, you know, Nick Saban is what, 66 years old, something like that? Yeah. He, he's got to be, yeah, he's on the downslope. I mean, he's got to be close to retiring. And eventually there has to be a new, like, grandfather of college football, best coach in the game. And I just wanted to kind of get the take on some of these highly recruited kids on who they think that will be. And, you know, you get a lot of Dabo, uh, a lot of Kirby Smart. One kid said the new head coach at Mississippi State, which was interesting. And then you got the best response. Uh, by far, when somebody said Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah, Jack Frost coaching <laughs> at your school. Uh, someone said Jack Frost in relation to Scott Frost. Uh, but, you know, and that's what we we talked about. The it, Out of the Orlando camp, I just did a radio interview in Orlando about, you know, the kids saying UCF had won a national championship and people were up in arms about that. People in Alabama, people from Louisiana, I think was the the kid I talked to. Even they point to Scott Frost, even if they he misspoke on his first name, but he mentioned UCF specifically and them going undefeated and saying they should have been ranked higher. So the old brand, the, the Scott Frost brand, is strong right now. It's if you have- it is. It- the real answer though is nobody, right? I mean, nobody's going to rattle off this kind of run. I mean, I I don't know how long it's going to be until we see another Nick Saban. I, it's incredibly hard. To do what he's done, yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see Davo Sweeney. You know, considering his age, he's got twenty more years left to coach, or something like that. He's, I think, he's like forty-eight. You know, Urban Myers in like fifty-two or something like that. So, it it is tough to to imagine that. I mean, you know, obviously, what what Meyer did at Florida was pretty impressive before he ended up stepping away. So, um. It's pretty, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting to hear the responses of the kids. I asked for it, and then to hear, of course, Scott Frost be mentioned in it. So uh, 
there you have it. Uh, busy week. Check that out on the site. Uh, you, as I mentioned, Rob's got a couple different uh, recruit surveys up there, and uh, we like to do those. Those usually get some good responses, and people are always surprised at what the kids have to say because uh, the thing, the way they think and their knowledge of, of football is a little bit different than uh, some of the others. So, uh, well, it's amazing that depending on what they say, either that kid's got a really good head on his shoulders, or he's just a kid and he doesn't pay any attention. Depending on the answer. Right, exactly. Yeah, you never, <laughs> you never really know what uh, you know if he if he's paying attention. If if they should be paying attention, they got other stuff going on. Come on. No, I'm just and I'm just saying that's how the fans react, right? If they if they like mention their school, it's that kid's got a really great head on their shoulders. And if not, it's like he's just a kid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Why are you asking him these questions? Right, exactly. You shouldn't be asking. You're you're leading him on. What is he supposed to say? And he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> That's the whole point. Um, so anyway, so those are our topics for this week. We didn't, like I said, wasn't that big of a week. Quick uh, check-in on old Womack Fact Check, one of our favorite segments. It's draft season. So, uh, boy, I can't even, you know, I'm not allowed to call people out by name in this segment, uh, unless, you know, unless there's uh, quite a burden of proof. But, you know, get your facts straight. As uh, somebody would, somebody said, I don't know who said that, but uh, there's a lot of people out there. I don't understand. Maybe you guys can can clue me in on this. Why do national writers feel like they have to include star rankings in their discussion of the draft? Wow. Um, I. It depends which way it goes. You know, a lot of those guys really like to get their shots in, right? Uh, so if it's a two star, they will make sure to let everybody know that it's a two star. But if it's a five star, it's always you know Alabama standout, all everything. It's never you know five star. Right, me. that's what I'm. Well, it, yeah. what, what drove, so, you know, it's pejorative, is what it is. What drove me crazy yesterday, and Rob, I sent you a couple screenshots. Is oh here here's a Connor Williams, here's a three star recruit. Well, yeah, one one website thought he was a three star recruit. Okay, another one, other ones did it. We had him ranked in the rivals two fifty. But, but you don't mention that. It's just, oh, he's a three-star guy. And that's the issue I have, you know, of course, if people default to the composite rankings or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's two, there's two words that could change that. Attribute the ranking to the – that's the other problem. How about some attribution? Even if the kid is a two-star or, you know, we was a lot – this kid was a zero-star. He wasn't a zero-star. He had no scholarship offers yet. How about that? How about mentioning he was a walk-on because no college coaches, these geniuses, none of them saw fit to offer him a scholarship, including the school he ended up playing at. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sick of it. I've had enough. So if you see examples, tweet them at me because I'm hot about it. So I'm, I'm just sick and tired of it. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe we should Maybe you should lower your blood blood pressure. You got a problem? You got a problem with the star rankings? You come to me in person. Say it to my face. Woody almost got in a fist fight with a God-fearing couple from the South this weekend. So maybe his blood pressure doesn't need to drop a little bit. At, you're forgetting the best part at the breakfast buffet in my hotel lobby. Oh my gosh! I think you should. I think you should actually tell that story. <laughs> whatever you had, <laughs> yeah, whatever, sure. There's that's a no yeah, doubt. Whatever you had planned for ransom recommendation, scrap it and go back there because I'll listen to that story again. <laughs> okay, well that's, that's good radio. I might tell it. It's this. You know, there's a. It's a little bit. Uh, a little bit R-rated story for the podcast, well, you can but I'll clean it up enough. You can clean it up enough. I've told it. I've already told it so many times too. Yep. I don't have the same passion. Well, I'm passionate about this topic. 
we're listen, we are upfront about the star rankings. I just don't understand how, okay, Woody, Rob and Mike Farrell didn't realize this 17 year old was going to add 50 pounds and develop into a first round draft pick. It's like, it's always a, it's always a jab. Now, do I go back and look at their picks for the national champions and stuff like that and be like, mm, guys, no, of course not, because you can't, we're not psychics, okay? So, But like you said, if it's a five-star, say he's a five-star. Don't say, well, this guy has been a can't miss, you know, like plenty of guys miss. And so anyway, you know who you are. You know who you are, National College Football Writers. Um, so I'm watching you. Let's put it that way. All right, moving on. Time for Tweet of the Week. You better hope that mediocre money that you make at Rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life. Now, this one actually, as I as I look through here, I hyped it up so much. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about Next Door on last week's episode, TikTok, <laughs> and uh, got a lot of reaction. And our old friend, Luke Kintai, uh, works for Intel, a very uh, important man over there at Intel, at Intel IQ. Check it out. He said he, he needs to do a blog post. He's, this was Luke's tweet. He said, I have to do a blog post on the most outrageous next door post from 2018. And then he mentions BuzzFeed. It's all yours. Just give me the byline. A sampling below of potential material. And he posted, he posted one <laughs> about bunnies. Uh, this bunny is loose along the Summer Lake Park lake path. It looks like a domestic pet bunny, but I may be wrong. Don't know anything about bunnies. <laughs> uh, which, which point I told Luke. Oh, Luke, you should listen to the podcast. Well, guess who chimes in? None other than Best of Next Door, which is a Twitter account with almost 12,000 followers where they post uh, the Best of Next Door. And when I sent them the pig talk, they were flabbergasted. They were very excited. Uh, and they, they sent me some things that, that uh, you know, s- some samples of their stuff. So I highly advise checking out Best of Next Door. I believe they followed me. I don't know if I'm team followed back, but it just shows that there is a there is a universe out there of people uh, who who read next door now. So please join if you have the opportunity. Number two, the real three. Hold on, I just open the next door app before we go. The first post, the newest post in my neighborhood next door app is from Vicky, and Vicky says lost Yorkie. And the caption says, "Our Charlie Brown has been lost for almost eight months, but I will never give up." Vicky, Charlie Brown's dead. Sis, like I hate to tell you, eight months, it, not coming back. Wait, there, there were some, there were some <laughs> people living close to close to me that lost a cat some time ago named Steve. Put, I mean, put signs all over the place. I mean, it was, I mean, it was almost an environmental disaster. How much, how much paper they used putting up signs for for Steve. And what's what's the time period when you're presumed dead? When like it's well, time to just stop looking. Well, so for here's the deal. I mean, you can at, at night at, in my apartment at night you can hear the coyotes howling and they are not far away. And that cat was coyote, coyote food from the jump. <laughs> as soon as yeah. well, it's a first 48 situation. If you don't find that kid, if you don't find that animal within 48 hours, it's presumed dead. Eight months, uh, Vicky, eight months, man. It's a long time. Well, I, sh- I should. Okay. I'll tell a quick story. Uh, while we're on since we got some time. You know, uh, when I lived down in Southwest Florida, Nick will remember I had a cat named Morris. Do you remember Morris, Nick? Yeah. A little orange yeah, kitty. Yeah. I'm very friendly. <laughs> now, you know, I have a strict rule for cats in my household. Number one, no meowing is allowed, okay? 
Well, now, what's funny? People, what's funny is this cat was like it wasn't really yours, right? It was like a drifter cat that would just like come in and out. That it was already in the neighborhood before well, no. you lived there, right? No, I had I had it was I had found it out in the woods when I lived at Ernie's house uh, up in Orlando. So I brought it with me down there, but because it was a it was essentially a feral cat, you know, we were more like roommates. He would come and go. But the rule was no meowing because people don't realize this. Cats only meow at their mothers. Cats don't meow at other cats. So if you reinforce meowing behavior, cat meows, you give it food, it's going to keep meowing at you. So every time the cat meowed at me, I would just scream at it, you know, at which point it stopped meowing. So Morris and I had a good setup. Morris would come and go when he wanted to leave. He would go sit by the door and he would tap it with his, with his paws to get in and out. Well, lady moves in across the street. And she's a crazy cat lady. And what does she do? She sees Morris out and about. She starts feeding Morris, you know, the canned cat food. At which point, he starts coming back to me, meowing at me like he does at her. And I said, no, that ain't going to cut it. You know, you're out of here, buddy. So so Morris and I, we were really a strained relationship. Of course, I had a, an incident which led to me having to move abruptly. Uh, and the, because of the incident that happened to me, the lady across the street said, I'm out of here too. And she said, can I take Morris with me? And I said, yeah, you know what? We had a good run. He seems to like you. You're feeding him. He's meowing. Take him with you. So I move. She moves. Our neighbor across the street, Terrence, uh, he stays. Uh, okay. So I move away. I don't know where she moves to. I move, you know, I end up moving up to Atlanta. At which point, this was months, maybe even a year later, I hear from, uh, I hear from our boy Terrence. And he says, hey. Look who showed up. And he sends me a picture. And who is it? But our boy Morris. He had left wherever the lady moved to and come all the way back in a homeward bound-esque situation to be at the house. But I was gone. You know, I'd hightailed it out of there. I got washed my blood out of the carpet and <laughs> got on my way. Well, Terrence says, yeah, he's just been hanging out with me. He just comes right in the house, as Nick said. He comes in and out. And then Terrence goes on to tell me, you know, my wife left me. He's really been keeping me company. <laughs> Terrence. <laughs> you, so I say, go ahead. You know what, Terrence? That's a match made in heaven. You keep Morris. And as far as I know, Morris and Terrence are having a nice life down there. You were one Fort of these Myers. people, and maybe Nick is too. I am not. that. Like, I've never met one of my neighbors in my life. I, they keep to themselves. I don't like to even look at them, let alone like talk to them. You're a neighbor. Leader. Well, Terrence. Terrence used to work as like a janitor, right? At a at golf courses and country clubs. And he would bring he would bring me back A, giant things of golf balls, which I would use to hit all over the neighborhood, and B, toilet paper all the time because every time he went to clean the bathroom, you know, you gotta have a full roll of toilet paper. Well, that means if there's a half roll, it's out. So he would give me the half used rolls of toilet paper, which point. God. I, <laughs> you, you are the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> I had unlimited toilet paper, Rob. Wait, now some so people say, he, did, so how did, how did that? Did did he did he extend a half roll a half roll of toilet paper first, or did you ask him to bring home? How did that even? Yeah, no, I think he had a, I think he had a surplus at some point. You can only use so many half it rolls for himself, said, no matter what. Yeah, and you were like, and you, and you, know, you went big, over there, and you were like, "Hey, is that a is that a is that a big batch of toilet paper over there? <laughs> is that a big batch of used <laughs> toilet paper?" Yeah, what's up with that toilet paper, Terrence? I'm not trying to buy toilet paper. Uh, so uh, hook it up. I one time this okay, just for a quick. I think I told this story to Rob recently. 
the last time I was in Oregon and I had my mom take me to the airport, um, this was, I can't, I can't remember how long ago, five, six years ago. She had, we had to go to the bathroom or something. She said, I need to stop at the rest. Well, that's what she said. I have to stop at the rest stop, right? I said, okay. So we stopped at the rest stop. She goes in the bathroom and she comes out and under her shirt, she had stolen, you know, f- five giant rolls of toilet paper and was like running to the car. And if, you know, I, uh, Nick's seen my mom in real life. I so saw you can get the real visual of her <laughs> having giant rolls of toilet. She, she goes to rest stops and steals the toilet paper oh, out no. of them. So uh, the toilet paper isn't even good toilet paper, though. It's it's uh, well, it's better than I can't believe that's I can't (laughs) believe that's where my mind went here. (laughs) There's so many things wrong. No, you're right. You're totally right. But you know, guess what? At at that time, you know, I wasn't making thirty thousand dollars a year like mediocre money. Yeah. Hey, so so when I was coming home from when I was coming home from Al uh, from the camp, I had a I had a layover in the Houston airport at Hobby. And uh, went went to the first went to the first rest restroom off the plane. It was full. Line out the place, whatever. I don't have to pee that bad. I'll go to the next one. So you know, I saunter on over to the next available restroom. And uh, in this particular restroom, the handicap stall was the first one in. Um, like when you walk into the place, and there there was a dude. I don't know if he like, I don't know if he just like had a really long layover himself. And was like, just got plastered at one of the bars in the airport or whatever. <laughs> this dude, this dude was sitting there with the door wide open. I, I didn't, I tried, you know, you, you look because like you can't help it, but like I didn't look long enough to like fully assess the what was happening. But from glancing, it seemed like he had passed out, pants down, door wide open in the bathroom of that, of that stall. And like, and you could see people like, you know, you could see people come in and immediately turn to that stall and be like, whoa, <laughs> like run out. <laughs> but a similar thing happened at my high school where some kid got wasted at lunch and came back to school and passed out, puked all over the bathroom, just laid in there. Why would you come back to school it. after you get wasted? <laughs> all right. Oh, second tweet. I didn't even get to the real tweet. Oh, my gosh. Dang it. <laughs> Jacoby Stevens, former five-star, friend of the show, put up a Twitter poll. He now plays for LSU. He says, who is dumber? Someone who thinks New England and Washington, D.C. are states or someone who spells owl, A-W-L? I think it's the spelling one, but it's close. I've never seen somebody spell owl that way. I could not stop laughing when I read it. It got 163 votes. 55% say owl, owl, A-W-L. He's talking about the bird. Um, Who's, so, I've never seen that before. <laughs> well, you're probably not talking to dumb enough people like Jacoby is. Uh, Maybe that should get, be the next recruit Twitter survey is spell owl. <laughs> spell owl i'd love to do like a recruit like they do on the challenge uh like they do on the challenge uh on mtv where they do trivia questions and stuff like that but i'd probably get us that would get us in some trouble i'd like to do that with the rival staff while we're at it (laughs) um so 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 that was it for jacoby really made me laugh for some reason i laughed so hard at that at that being a poll that being a poll really took it to another level so big shot jacoby all right time to move on uh, time for rants and recommendations. Uh, we've already we've already talked a lot about uh, we've already talked a lot about story time. We've got all types of things going on. Nick, you've got a rant, and then I guess 
you can start talking about it. I need to vamp for a little bit. I need to run to the other room real quick. Uh, and then we can talk about, uh, I guess I can tell my breakfast story. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, this, uh, you know, my, my particular rant doesn't need to take a real long time, but, um, you know, basically, you know, this is the time of year that we're all traveling. We're going through airports. Uh, you know, we've we've all been in a situation, Rob. I guess I'm I'm just talking to you specifically. We've all been in a situation in an airport where you know people uh, get on the, um, you know, like the the little golf carts or whatever that that people use to uh, you know to get from one gate to the next. People that have uh, mobility issues and things like that. Uh-huh. But my complaint now is twofold because one, you know, lately. Uh, you know, lately, I, I just don't feel like the people that are taking advantage of that really have said mobility issues. So, uh, you know, not only are they uh, not only are they abusing the the privilege to begin with, the, the biggest issue that I have where it affects me directly is we get situations sometimes where it's like it's like a two way street, right, where we've got golf carts coming in either direction. Right. And they have to and they and, and those, these are not small vehicles. Right. In most cases that. Uh, that these people are driving, and when you've got one coming one way and one going the other way, and uh, you know, I'm I'm talking about the uh, you know Bush International here in Houston specifically. There's some you know there's some terminal uh, renovation being done, so we've already got a narrow hallway in the United Terminal. We've got two cars passing each other. Meanwhile, the majority of the people in the terminal are not riding on those cars, and we've all got to we've all got to make way for these golf carts, ta- you know, maneuvering people with you know phony mobility issues. And it ends up creating more of a more of a, a people flow problem than it assists, in my opinion. And I've frankly, I've had enough of it. Are those carts for? Are they just for people with mobility issues, or are they for people with mobility issues and tight connections? I don't. I've never understood because I've wondered. Nah, if, I think. I but, think they're for people in a hurry sometimes, like well, you said. Well, but, but, but that's but that's even that doesn't even work because because it's, it, the terminals get so congested sometimes that they spend more time. And and the, and this is the other thing. This is the other trend that's gotten gotten annoying about the whole operation is you know they used to have the beep button that would act as a horn for people to know that the thing was coming, but now we've got drivers just going beep beep, beep like physically <laughs> say, you know saying it themselves. And it, you know I've heard them say excuse, <laughs> excuse the cart. Uh, no, well, you're not at you're not in the Atlanta airport, bro. <laughs> Yeah, Houston. It's like, yeah, get get out of the way. I mean, what are you doing? But I, I really, I almost, I almost lost it because I was coming around. I was coming around. I had to make a right turn, coming around a corner, heading heading down to the terminal, and then one of these carts comes up from behind on my left and angles me off. Basically, boxes me into the corner. Now I have to sit here and wait for this car to take its time to get around me. Like everybody's in a hurry. It's an airport. We've all got connections to make. Everything's a tight connection. Come on. And I'm not the one, you know, and I'm, I'm wearing two backpacks and I'm walking my own self. I, you know, now I've got to make way for these, <laughs> these, you know, privileged whatevers. I was mad. I'm, I'm with you. Guess what? You know, guess what? If it is someone with a disability, then obviously they need assistance getting to the gate. And that's where I think the person in the wheelchair, pushing, pushing the wheelchair comes into play. The cart is so inefficient. The thing is huge. If they had a real golf cart, it would actually take up less space. Okay. No, number two, guess you want to take a guess who always rides that cart? Of all my family mm-hmm. members, if you had to guess one person. Well, I mean, not. And we're not going to go the obvious with your mom again. No, <laughs> uh, Uncle John, the King. Uh, 
Uncle, uh, Uncle John, despite being fully able to move, working as like a construction worker in his 70s. Well, but Uncle John's going to be one of these people I, 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 I can already tell his reasoning is, well, if they're offering it, I'm going to take it, right? right he, is no, that basically yeah, what it comes yeah, down to? Yeah, he, he, he gets them to, to wheel him. He gets them to wheel him uh, off the plane and the wheelchair. Then he goes straight from there to the cart. And then he proceeds to, when he gets off, just go walk around, you know, and be fine, like do a roof. <laughs> So uh, anyway, I'm with you, Nick. We all hate cart people. Who are these people? Who do who do they think they are? I am. Um, I don't know if, if if Rob's still with us, if his mic if is, is muted or what happened, but uh, there he comes. There's the sound we all know and love. I thought I heard it. <laughs> um, so so, do you want to hear the breakfast story? I, I, we want Rob to participate in that. I, if I, can. I, I had to come off mute. Yeah, yeah. On this thing, I want to hear it. I'm excited. Okay. All right. All right. So as has been discussed here on the podcast several times in the past, I've got a lot of issues with, with hotel breakfast. You know, number one, I've got a I've had to develop a Womack life hack just to get a decent to get fresh scrambled eggs, ordering a plain omelet. Well, coming into this trip, uh, before I left for Mobile, Mr. Shut Up and Train, a friend of the show who I work out with on a regular basis, told that me before. Hey, listen. All right, yeah, he, he told me Hey, you know, you want to curb your appetite, you know, when you're out at these camps and whatnot, because I'm always, Rob and I are always trying to avoid, Nick too, trying to avoid eating pizza, which is our standard meal that they give us. He said, have some protein for breakfast with a green vegetable. And I said, okay, well, what's a good example? And he goes, oh, you know, like a spinach omelet. So I said, oh, you know what? That's a good idea. So I'm staying at a nice hotel in downtown Mobile. I guess what? I got breakfast included which was more than I could say about some hotels, which recently tried to upcharge me $5 for the hot portion of the breakfast, which also led to a confrontation. Uh, so, you know, I come down and it's one of these situations where it's a buffet, but yet they insist on this charade of having waiters, which actually do nothing. So, so I say, you know, please wait to be seated. So she tell, that, says, please wait to be seated. I wait for her to walk up and then tell me, oh, you can sit wherever you want. <laughs> well, all the tables are either for nine people or more or are dirty, like, you know, still have people ate there and they haven't been bussed, which I understand they're short staffed, whatever. So I just sat down at one of the dirty tables. I didn't really mind that. It wasn't like there was a bunch of stuff on the table. I go up to the buffet. Uh, first, I go up to the omelet station, which is unmanned. So I say to the waitress i said hey uh did i am i too late did i miss it did i miss the omelet time she goes oh no he he'll be right back i said okay well let me get something else i'm right, gonna get some fruit oh well there's no no bananas For some reason they did a bizarre way to cut up the pineapple there's no oranges i said okay well that's a whiff let me get some bacon fill up my cup bacon cup as dick and i often say no bacon oh you know what i'll have like a biscuit no biscuits I say, all right, you know, I'll just have some cereal. So I grab a thing of Frosted Flakes. Now, this is key because it comes in the, this is the bigger size cup where you can pour the milk right into it, which is, which is clutch at a hotel breakfast. I grab that, grab the milk, go sit down, pour the milk in the Frosted Flakes. And now the, the, the clock is ticking, right? You only have so much time before that gets too soggy. I realize now I don't have a spoon because no waiter has come to see me yet. You know, then I look out of the corner of my eye, I see the basket where they keep all the utensils. I go in there, grab a set, you know, it's rolled in the napkin. I open it up and what falls out, but just a fork and a knife. And at this point, that's it. I'm livid now. This is, 
where I, where, where things start to go awry. I go up to the thing and say, I must've missed the spoons. I, I can't find a spoon. And I realize, oh, here's a few spoons, you know, in the stuff, you know, some in the brown sugar and the chocolate chips to put in the oatmeal. So I grab one of those spoons out, at which point the waitress appears out of nowhere to tell me, hey, you can't, hey, sir, you can't take that spoon. <laughs> she goes, would you like me to get you a spoon? <laughs> and I go, yeah, you know, I would like you to get me to spoon. Uh, get me a spoon. I'd also like you to get some bacon. I'd like you to get me some biscuits. I'd like a banana. I'd like to know where is the omelet guy? You said he would be right back. It's been ten minutes. He's not here. I'd like some water to drink. And I was like, I was like, you know, am I am I staying at the blank hotel or am I at the you know Motel Six or lower? You might have to beat that. Oh, I don't think you're allowed to say that. But guess what? Am I at a lower? price point hotel okay where, where maybe less would be expected at breakfast i've stayed at i stayed at motel six on the las vegas strip one time it was great she she says i'll go get you a spoon so she goes in the back and then i hear her yell like clearly she's she's mad at me so she yells it for another person to come out she comes back with a spoon i go sit down and eat my cereal and here comes a waiter and he goes what do you want <laughs> and i go i go you know what, dude? I don't want anything. He goes, well, do you want something or not? Uh, and I, I was at that point, I'm to the point where it's like, it's uh, what am I going to fight with the waiter over here? You know? So, so I, I say, no, we, you know, basically, essentially, uh, I eat my, I eat my cereal. I put my coupon down at the table. Guess what? The omelet guy still isn't back. I could have made my own omelet in record time, by the way. Uh, and I go to walk out. Now, it's probably a 20-foot walk from where I am to the exit of the restaurant. And this is one of those ones that spills into the hotel lobby. You've got the valet out there, a couple other things. And I walk out there. And, and uh, so as soon as I get to the door, there's a woman and her husband sitting by the door. And she goes, did you pay? And I said, excuse me? She goes, did you pay your bill? Because you were very rude, and I said important to note. You're, it, do it's you important work? to note? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. You were getting to it. Yeah. It, it's yeah, important said, to know this, is, this is a citizen's right. arrest. This is just some lady. It's, right. it's the breakfast. It's the breakfast police. Right. I said, "Do you work here?" And she goes, "No," but I saw the way you were talking. <laughs> and <laughs> that would have been a really good opportunity for you to pull the Samuel L. Jackson. That's just the way I talk. At which point. At which point I said, you know, listen, lady, mind your own business <laughs> in more than a few words that were used than that. Uh, and then I start to walk out the door, at which point her husband shoots up from the table. And this is a big guy. Now, I'm a big person. I'm a large human being. And this guy was definitely had a few inches on me. He was definitely in much better shape than me, despite the efforts of Mr. Shut Up and Train. Well, guess what? I can't, I can't get an omelet. Of course, he's in better shape than me. Uh, he says, what did you say to my wife? And at which point I said, I told her to mind her business. <laughs> and more words were used than that. And he like, you know, I'm thinking this guy's going to punch me in the face right here in the lobby in downtown Mobile, Alabama. And this, keep in mind, this is on the heels of me warning Rob and Nick Lucero, our photographer, that we were in a fighting town. I told them both, this is a fighting town. People here are looking to fight. So keep it, keep, tighten it up. Okay. We had just avoided, uh, dodged several fights the night before. And this guy, 
here comes the wife sprinting out. She gets in between us and says, no, I forgive you. I want you to be bathed in Christ's love. <laughs> so I said, all right. <laughs> uh, I began to scrub myself. <laughs> what do you say to that? You know, especially considering what I just said to the lady. And I, I go, I go, all right. You know, and I go to start walking away. And the guy goes, he goes, walk away, walk away, the husband. And I go, I was walking away this whole time. You guys stopped me. You stopped me from leaving. <laughs> at which point he just kind of like snarled at me. Uh, and waiting for me to, waiting to open the door for me out of the hotel was like a teenage valet person or maybe, you know, young 20s at the early, at the oldest. And boy, he was just having a laugh at my expense. He was enjoying everything. He goes, man, what happened? And so I, I, retell the story and he was just laughing so hard which definitely put me in a better mood because i love say what you want about me getting mad and, and causing scenes and stuff like that uh, i oftentimes laugh at myself afterwards what was the husband wearing no oh, man maybe one of those like fishing shirts that <laughs> I wonder if there's a camouflage oh, yeah. involved here no no it was a it was like a button-up fishing shirt you know the thing that has the flap in the back i guess to let wind in is that what those things do uh, he got me man you know what I'm talking about, Nick? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so so anyway, needless to say, I got out of there unscathed, but it was dicey. Have you it was a dicey you moment. Have up to the camp with a, with a shiner? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Now, the Sarah Everybody almost got, that, is, he got knocked out a couple times, so, you know. <laughs> well, not to mention, you caught some stiff eye, which or some stink eye, when we told them, because you're doing your comedy routine where you – Tell people congratulations for sneezing. Well, I think it's time to change. I think it's time to change the platitude. But no, that did not that did not go over well. Yeah, there was an episode. Of, there was an episode of Seinfeld about that, if you remember. Was there? Uh, yeah, where he said, "Let's say instead of God bless you, you should say you are so good looking." Uh, <laughs> that wouldn't have gone over well either. Yeah, that would not have. That was, that's the thing. You 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 were drawing. Everybody was drawing uh, drawing problems. Good thing you weren't there, Nick, because it probably would have been, you know, it would have been a fight with somebody. As as I was, as the amount of apologies I handed out on Friday night uh, on behalf of our coworkers were through the roof. So anyway, there's your Woody's uh, lunatic story of the week, which I'm sure uh, people close. It's to amazing me. that Woody can sit here and paint himself as like, yeah, you know, I really had to apologize on your behalf, but also I almost, I almost fight somebody <laughs> at every hotel I ever stay in. <laughs> but you know, you're the normal, like hesitant. Hey, listen, that's <laughs> yeah, how you know okay. it's true. In the same breath. That's, that's how you know it's true. <laughs> I'm not starting fights out out on at, at bars. I'm not a bar fighter. I'm not Peter. Yeah, you're Ross. a breakfast fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Don't question me at breakfast time. Okay. Don't don't <laughs> don't question my behavior. Mind your business. Not a bar fighter. I will fight you at an airport, a breakfast buffet, a quick trip, a Wawa, a Burger King, and, and any other national chain restaurant, Ta but not a bar. Taco Bell, Subway. I don't know if I've ever had an incident at a Burger King. Definitely at Subway. One time, I one time they wouldn't take my coupon, and I threw the sandwich at the menu board and refused to pay. I have a friend at a Burger King once that was, you know, it was after a night of drinking, and he had couldn't find his credit card. He had paid for the meal, 
And the people behind the counter were like, <laughs> you never gave us a credit card. And he's like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And they're arguing back and forth. And finally, they're like, if we just give you the food, will you leave? And he's like, yeah. And they give him the food. He spikes the bag on the ground, <laughs> storms out, <laughs> only to find out that he had left his credit card open at a bar before we got to the burger. Yeah, that, that is exactly. That's a, that's a classic Woody move. But of course, I would be doing it sober. Um yeah, they're definitely spiking the food. That was those were my younger years. Now I wouldn't do some. I'd just take the food and leave. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can I can say that I respect that. Um, but like I said, this was not an incident I was trying to seek out. Now a lot of you probably people thought I was going to get into a fight with the waitress or something. That didn't happen. I was on my way. I I took the L. I didn't get any food for breakfast, and I was just going to leave until I was accosted. Um, well, hold on. If you didn't get any food, what was the woman accusing you of not paying for? The cereal. Oh, the cereal. That's right. Which, what are they going to charge me? Number one, they're going to charge me for an entire buffet to just have a cereal? Yes. Even even so, even in her line of thinking? Of course. Guess what? I'm a diamond member. I had a coupon. So <laughs> take that for data. Take that, lady. Take that for data. <laughs> um, so anyway, that wraps it up. Uh, next week, I'm not sure what we're going to do for an episode. As I mentioned, we well, might have a special we, guest. I, we talked about zero football on this, <laughs> on this podcast this week. So. <laughs> well, as Nick Lucero told me the other night uh, after midnight, he goes, man, when you guys talk about football, a podcast is boring. You guys talk about other stuff. I listened to the whole thing. <laughs> I said, huh? yeah. This yeah, one's for you. You got big, you got a big shout. Yeah, you got a big, you got big, big shout this week. Good job, Nick. You're doing yeah. a great job. All types of stuff. Who knows if he's listening, though? I said, I believe he uh, lost his phone. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. When did that happen? I don't know. I texted him yesterday, and he went green on me. And I was like, what happened to Lucero? Why is he a greenie? Uh, and he said he he misplaced his phone, uh, and he's getting a new one today, uh, his work phone. So he, he's got two phones. <laughs> one for the plug. <laughs> yeah. One for the plug and one for uh, – one for uh, people to ask him where they can find the photos from the camp. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, oh. All right. Okay. All right. all right. All right. All right. <laughs> that wraps it up. Uh, big shout to M Deuce. As I mentioned, we're not sure what we're going to do for an episode next week. We're all going to be on the road. Hopefully, we have a very special guest, uh, perhaps a football coach. Wow. How about that? All football episode next week. So thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to leave us a, return, a review on iTunes. Actually, let me read that real quick, Nick, before we go. We got two new re reviews this week. We're up to 66 total. Uh, one of them leaving us five stars. Brett E. He says, love the show. Fairly new listener, essentially since November 7, 2017. And I really enjoy the national coverage and non-biased takes. This UGA lifelong fan looks forward to each new episode. How about that? Hey, Georgia fans. Good. Big shout to the Georgia fan base and a big Georgia fan in Brett E for leaving us a review. Did that on Saturday. Please tell a friend. Please leave us a review. We want to keep that five-star rating, especially after we were called uh, honks uh, last week, uh, especially Rob. I believe that was all in reference to Rob, but he's an SEC. Yeah, you know me, the SEC honk. Um, <laughs> all right. That wraps it up. We'll be back with another episode next week.